Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply small spots on the planet and we are completely out of time i'm aaron brinker and i'm todd brinker and we will see you tomorrow kcaa loma linda 1050 a.m 106.5 fm and now 102.3 fm On this busiest day of earnings season, lots of companies reporting quarterly results. The S&P 500 index is less than 1% from a record high. The Dow is lower, down 50 points. The Nasdaq up 52 points. That's up half a percent. And the S&P is up three points. Strong earnings today from Tesla. It's surprised with a profit. Horrible numbers from Twitter, and its shares are plunging 20%. Southwest Airlines reported higher third-quarter profit, even though the 737 MAX jets it owns are grounded. The airline saw strong travel demand, plus it raised fares. Southwest only flies 737s, although CEO Gary Kelly told CNBC... That could change. Shares are up 4% today. A refrigerator that costs more than $10,000 made Consumer Reports' worst products list for appliances, the Viking Pro 7 Series. CNBC. Hi, I'm Raymond Denon, Vice President of Optima Tax Relief. If you're in debt to the IRS, there's a lot you need to know. Starting with rule number one, don't mess with the IRS. They can garnish your paycheck, levy your bank accounts, even take your home or business. That's all true. But it's also true that there's a way out. It's called the Fresh Start Initiative. It's one of the biggest breaks the IRS has ever offered. If you qualify, you could save thousands, even tens of thousands. Nobody knows this program like us, the experts at Optima Tax Relief. We have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and we've resolved over $500 million in tax debt for our clients. We'll stand between you and the IRS and fight to get you the best deal possible. Don't mess with the IRS. For tax help you need, for tax help you can trust, Call Optima for a free consultation. Call 800-348-0269. 800-348-0269. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. NBC News Radio. I'm Tom Roberts. Senator Lindsey Graham is pushing a resolution condemning the House impeachment inquiry. The South Carolina Republican today called it a closed-door illegitimate process. Seems to me you'd want to have a process 
that is consistent with who we are as Americans and consistent with what Bill Clinton was allowed to do, Richard Nixon was allowed to do. Battles between the Trump administration and the news media may be escalating. The White House is reportedly planning to instruct federal agencies to stop subscribing to the Washington Post and the New York Times. The Kincaid Fire in Northern California has already burned more than 10,000 acres, and officials say there's no end in sight. The fast-moving fire is currently at 0% containment and is being fueled by strong winds and dry brush. A Saudi prince is reportedly telling U.S. lawmakers to get off their high moralistic horses, that a year after the brutal murder of Washington Post columnist Jamal Khashoggi. Tom Roberts, NBC News Radio. Attention, Southern California business professionals. Why do successful business people attend the Inland Empire's largest mixer? Answer, to create profitable business relationships. If you're looking to energize and grow your company, then you need to be at the Ontario Convention Center on Wednesday, November 6th for the 2019 Inland Empire's largest mixer. Get your business in front of over 1,500 success-minded career professionals who are looking to do business with you. For more information, visit iemixer.com. That's iemixer.com. It only happens once a year, so don't miss your opportunity to meet your next client. It's the Inland Empire's largest mixer. Ontario Convention Center, Wednesday, November 6th, from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. For exhibitor information and advanced tickets, go to iemixer.com. For the past 13 years, the IE's largest mixer has been the place where business meets business. The Tri-City Shopping Center in Redlands is home to some of the best bargain shopping in the region. Cityware, Style for Less, and Dollar Tree to name just a few. Friendly shop owners and staff are waiting for you to stop in for the many specials and bargains they're excited to share. The Tri-City Shopping Center is located just off I-10 between Alabama and the Tennessee exits in Redlands. Make it your home for all your shopping needs and you'll know why the Tri-City Center is called the Mall with a Heart. If you're looking for a full or part-time sales position and you have radio, TV, or print media experience, KCAA has a great opportunity waiting for you that pays the highest commissions in the market. KCAA is the only station in the IE that broadcasts on three frequencies, so advertisers receive three ads for one low rate. This makes KCAA a must-buy for every local business. If you're interested in a sales position with us, email CEO at KCAARadio.com. Miss your favorite show? Download the podcast at kcaaradio.com. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the greatest real estate investment show ever. Here's the flip-flop investor himself, Todd Bayer. Hey, everyone. How are we doing out there today? This is the Flip-Flop Investor Show, and I am your host, Todd Bayer, the flip-flop investor himself. Every week we like to get together and talk about real estate investing. And every week I like to bring on a local expert or a local investor and talk to them about who they are and what they do. And today we have one of those experts, one of those people we always want to get on the show, somebody that we can actually learn something from, unlike all those other guests we bring on every other week. We got a real expert in the studio today. We got Steve Roof from Cost Segregation Authority. How are you doing today, Steve? Uh, very glad. Thank you for having us. Uh, well, absolutely. I couldn't think of anybody better to have on today. And, you know, when we're talking about sexy subjects, cost segregation is probably near the top of that list, if not at the very oh, top. for sure. Absolutely. For sure. Anybody that doesn't like to pay taxes, this is theirs. So it should be, you it know. Is, it's very sexy. <laughs> it should be, you know. And so... For those of you out there, and I'm sure there's only a couple of you, because I'm sure most people are very, very familiar with what cost segregation is. Nice mouthful, right? Cost segregation. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, I know what this is. Of course, yeah. You know, for you guys, (laughs) just turn the radio off. You don't need to hear this, because you already know. But, you know, no, I'm pretty sure there's quite a few people out there that don't know what cost segregation is, because, hey, I'd been in the industry for, you know, 15 years, and I I just heard about it for the first time about a year and a half ago, maybe two years, and... um, one of your one of your guys, uh, Steve Meekum, he wandered into our office what a few weeks back, you know, and just kind of came in randomly. And usually, the people that show up at our office are like a guy trying to sell us squirt guns or something like that, <laughs> just trying to make a few extra bucks. So when Steve wanders in, I'm like, I'm you know thinking, who's this guy, you know? And uh, our assistant Joanna wasn't in that day, so she wasn't able to kind of stop him at the front desk. 
So uh, he comes walking into me in Steve's office, me and my, my business partner, Steve. We've got three Steves today we're talking about. Um, he walks into the office and he says, you know, hey, you know, you guys, and like, who does your cost segregation? Or so he like, you know, and like, all of a sudden we're like, oh, he's not selling squirt guns. He's selling, you know, something of real value. So we ended up talking to Steve for a while. You know, normally we get people out of the office pretty quick, but uh, we got him in there. And so guys came out and check out the, uh, the Real Estate Investment Club. And uh, we uh, brought Steve on stage uh, last month and kind of talked to him a little bit in front of the crowd. And it seemed like everybody in there was really engaged and interested in the cost segregation thing. So uh, Steve Meekum said, we got to bring on Steve Roof, who's the, like, the head guy there at, at a cost segregation authority. So here you are. Exciting. <laughs> Exciting. I know. I had to give the backstory, not just for the audience, but for you as well. So, um, okay, in a nutshell, cost segregation has to do with taxes. So what is it that what is what is cost segregation and like from the thirty thousand foot level? Awesome. So what it is first off is everybody that owns real estate that's not their personal home. So anybody that owns any kind of rental property, commercial property, any kind of what we would call for taxes depreciable property should really know about this because it is it is so powerful and it can provide such tax benefits for real estate people that that everybody should know about it. But basically, the idea is this. Typically, when somebody buys buys a property, what what is allowed for taxes is you can depreciate it or take a deduction on your taxes of one thirty-ninth of it. So they say, okay, you can depreciate this over 39 years. So if you think about that, that's really not very much. Um, or if it's a residential rental, some of you would be 27 and a half years. Still very, very long time. Mm-hmm. But the idea is, okay, your rental property, for example, it has carpet. It has portions of the electrical. It has bushes, trees, and shrubs. All of these things which you should be able to depreciate faster for tax purposes and take bigger tax deductions. So the idea behind cost segregation is that we're going to take bigger tax deductions faster on your properties. Um, and under the new tax law, there's some also some really interesting things that I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about that, that uh, even make this even better So this right is now. typically aimed towards like a business owner or something that owns property uh, and the idea is for them to be able to depreciate the assets over a shorter period of time because within the home you have these fixtures which have a shorter shelf life, essentially. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, the IRS has had, and Congress over the years have had different rules of, of what things are. And what we've tried to do is, you know, people wonder, okay, hey, how did President Trump have a $900 million tax loss on his tax <laughs> return? And I'm like, well, he owns a couple buildings and did cost segregation on them. That's how. That's how. Yeah. And so what we've been trying to do is, okay, let's take this to even the investor that owns, you know, a rental property and let them have the, the tax benefit of this uh, great strategy of where we can say, hey, the carpet should actually be a five-year asset, not a 27-and-a-half or 39-year asset. Sure, because so if I you've can... kept your carpet in your home for 37 years or 27 or even more than like 10 years, I'm probably the guy buying that house from you because it's probably terrible. That carpet is probably... Yeah, think a... about that 1980. <laughs> it's probably shag and green right. <laughs> and something really weird. Oh, there's some amazing colors you get in those uh, <laughs> shag carpet, you know. It's very, you know, what they call it, electric vomit was one of the colors you can get it in. You know, yeah, it's pretty gross-looking stuff, but... Um, I mean, what is, I think it's five years on carpet, right? Yeah, so carpet's a five-year asset. um, Which makes sense. Yeah, which it does make sense. Most carpet doesn't last, you know, 39 or 27 and a half years. But typically, your tax preparer, when you buy a property, it's sitting on your tax return as a 27 and a half or a 39-year asset because all they have is building or property. And they're just, you know, you're getting this tiny little tax deduction. and, And we're going, hey you know, we can do something way better and get a way bigger deduction way faster. Sure. When, and plus, I guess if you bought, if you bought, and this, this applies to regular folks with their regular personal residence, right? Well, everything but that. So your personal ah. residence, you know, you're not taking, what the tax deductions you're taking on your personal residence is your mortgage interest deduction. And so, like I said, this is specifically for anybody that owns any kind of real estate other than their personal house. Got it. Okay, so... so the uh, and I didn't know that, so I'm glad you clarified that because I was about to go down this whole path with this big old long story. But I'm glad we, we <laughs> I don't have to even deal with that now. Um, okay, but what I was going to say though was somebody that purchased a property say 25 years ago, even if it's a rental property, uh, probably was a lot. It was worth a lot less. They probably paid a lot less for it 25 years ago. So now taking that little deduction based upon their purchase price 25 years ago, 
Uh, is that how that works? It's, it's, that... Qu- it's quite of a, it's still a small deduction, but here's what's neat about this. So let's say you have owned this property five, seven, 10, 20 years. Well, what, what is we're allowed to do is we're allowed to do a cost segregation study in the current tax year. Everything that you should have taken over those five, seven, 15, 20 years, you can take in the current year. Hmm. So there's a tax form. It's called a 3115. No, nobody cares about that except <laughs> me, but, but there is a form. And it's an automatically accepted change that says, okay, everything I should have done on this property, I'm going to do in the current year. So potentially you could, you could take a pretty big deduction on a rental property. You can take a, a huge property. deduction. Yeah. So if, if you, like in your example where you'd owned it 20 years, you'd take 20 years worth of deductions in the current year. And so you'd have, you know, basically almost all of it in, in one year. And so it, it, it's really a neat tool because it allows you to really manage your, your income on these properties and, sure. and your taxable income. Now, is this something that I would do, let's say if I own this property for 20 years and I'm going to sell it this year. Is this something I would consider doing now so I could basically write down my gain on the property? So that, that's a very good question. So I'm going to go into a little story here. So basically what typically would happen for your tax preparer is you would, okay, you bought this thing for a hundred grand. Now you're selling it for 400 grand mm-hmm. 20 years later. Well, typically what on the tax return, what happens, and nobody intends for this to happen, is that you're saying your carpet is worth more, four times more, when you sold it than when you bought it. And, <laughs> right, which is and, unlikely. Which is <laughs> unlikely, right? And so what? Uh, it's laced with gold. You know, that's why. Yeah, the gold went up in the, the, in the carpet. Yeah. <laughs> sure. So what happens is with the cost seg is all of a sudden now we say, okay, tax preparer, now we have the carpet broken out, the parts of the plumbing, the landscaping, and all these things that we have broken out. And so when you sell it, you can say, okay, my carpet didn't increase in value. My sidewalk didn't increase in value. My structure and my land increased in value. And so what that allows you to do, it allows um, tax preparers, you know, when we're talking about recapture, to actually manage that. So yeah, even if you are selling a property in this year that you've owned for a long time, we can actually play a rate game and say, okay, let's take a deduction with the carpet at your highest mark. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com Wondersuite. Marginal rate, pick it back up as a capital gain and save that spread anywhere from 5 to 19.6%. Again, so kind of a complicated yeah. question to your answer or Response Other way around, to, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, but uh, and of course I understood one hundred percent of that. Exactly, you know, there was like, no like jargon people, in there at all. Yeah. No, no jargon, no anything. But in general, the idea is absolutely you need to do this because your tax bill will be less. Yeah, so it's um, it, it's I would say a very useful tool, and this isn't new, right? This has been around for a while. Yeah, so there was a court case in nineteen ninety seven where basically there was a big company called Hospital Corp of America that. That did this. They broke up their hospital into parts, okay. and the IR, and it resulted in a seven hundred million dollar difference between what they said their deduction was and what the IRS said it was. And Got so it. it went to tax court, and Hospital Corp won on almost everything. Wow, so nineteen ninety seven, and so then all the big casinos in Vegas hurried <laughs> and did this. And again, like I said, we're trying to bring this down to, you know, even the the person that owns you know, a small rental property because, hey, it's still a nice deduction for them, not just 
a big guy tax deduction. Absolutely. You know, and I mean, I guess, I guess from that grew a cottage industry of cost segregation specialists like yourselves and well, you're the cost segregation authority. I don't even, authority, not yes. just specials. You guys are, <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, but I guess another segment of your business is not just teaching regular, uh, business people and business owners, property owners, this, but it's also to teach the accountants and the tax preparers of this sort of thing, right? Because yeah, most absolutely. of them don't know about it. Yeah, absolutely. So there's, you know, you feel bad somewhat for CPAs and tax preparers because the tax code's 78,000 pages. So right. if you, you think about that. And so, you know, what we try to do is say, hey, we're very specialized. All we do is cost seg. You know, we teach them about it and, and help them to actually integrate it into, into the tax returns. And so we work with a lot of CPAs, um, all over the country, actually, and, and teach a lot of education uh, to them mm-hmm. as well. Now, this is obviously something that happens on your federal tax return, but are there any like state-specific things? Like, you know, maybe we're in California, so, I mean, are there any state-specific things to do this on a state level? Absolutely. So this, this flows actually from your federal return to your state return as well. So, you know, if you're talking, hey, I'm here in California, I'm in the top tax bracket, so I've got... <laughs> 37% Fed and 12% state. You know, this affects that, that state bottom line, too. So you do a cost seg. It actually helps save your California state taxes as well. Okay. So it basically works in the same way and all that. How many total categories are in a cost segregation study? Oh, that's a good question. Depending on your type of building, there's more or less. But, I mean, just to name, in your five-year category, you would have things like we already mentioned carpet, but you'd have carpet, parts of the plumbing, uh, blinds, parts of the electrical, maybe cabinetry. Um, so there's a lot of things that fit in that category. Your seven-year category typically is things like telephone wire, telephone, okay. things related to telephones, maybe office-related stuff. Your 15-year categories, your bushes, trees, shrubs, retaining walls, swimming pools, you know, things that are typically on the out outside people laugh because we're when we do a study we're out there counting how many trees there are <laughs> uh, they're like what are you doing hey it's a tax deduction i got to count that thing exactly so now did certain trees have more value than others i mean when you're looking at it <laughs> sometimes so in, in our case we typically put them in two two buckets okay you know is it a big tree or a little tree, okay. you know, okay. I mean, just for simplistic purposes. Yeah. But so bigger trees are worth more than little trees, obviously. No, I, I knew a commercial landscaper. <clears throat> and so, I mean, the value of trees, like they had an arborist on their, on their staff, you know, this was a person that would go out and value their, their shrubbery and their, their trees. And I remember him telling me about this specific palm tree we have in California called a Canary Island date palm. And he was saying this particular palm tree that was installed at this corporate center out in Irvine was $250,000 to put in. <laughs> hey, so that's a 15-year tax deduction, and right now under the new tax laws, 100% bonus eligible, so they'd expense it for At this taxes. point, if they, if they yep. haven't been doing it already. If they haven't been doing that, voila, my 250000 date palm, I'm taking a deduction. <laughs> and that's, you know, <laughs> he told me, he said, if you ever see these things, he said, you could get them, you could basically sell these trees for like, yeah, you know, he said sometimes you can sell them for as much as like fifty thousand dollars. These, if they're like fully developed, these big trees. And I'm thinking, man, I'm about to drive around in all these neighborhoods, start and, picking up trees. Yeah, just tell the homeowner, hey, I, you know, if you guys don't want that tree anymore, I'll dig it out. I'll give you a thousand bucks for it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And he was like, he was telling me like, hey, uh, that might not be a bad idea, but you know, hopefully you have a buyer lined up because trees don't do so good after you dig them out of the ground. <laughs> you know, so uh, yeah, it was just so basically. If you had a big corporate center with a bunch of trees, you know. Yeah. And typically what happens when you buy that, right? You buy, somebody comes in, buys that corporate center, they pay $10 million and that's the number. And so your accountant would go, okay, well, we're taking 10 million and taking one thirty-ninth of it every year. Yeah. And I'm saying, whoa, 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 no, we got to break that thing, the bushes, trees, shrubs, and then inside all those things, because we can take a big tax deduction on that. Yeah. So if, okay, um, do you have to, like, with certain things like that, would that be something you'd have to get an appraisal done on? Or is there, like, a standard deduction like the IRS tends to do with certain things? So so this is very unique and every building's different. So, I mean, that's where somebody like us, the authority, comes in and we, uh, you know, we break things into. So we'll actually do a report Mm -hmm. that says this is what, 
how what's their five year this is what's their seven year this is what's their 15 we'll also break out the roof and things that maybe you know are worthwhile to have them broken out so typically the irs they have an audit guide for these studies for their auditors okay if, if you can't sleep at night it's terrible it's a hundred uh, 200 <laughs> pages of terrible reading of you know what these things are but uh We'll do a report anywhere between 20 to 40 pages that says, so it kind of looks like an appraisal, but yeah. it says this is what you do, and then we have a, a sheet that goes right to the tax preparer, and they throw that thing right in the tax return, and voila, you get your benefit. Okay, so basically, uh, you know, if you guys were to come out and look at the house, I mean, do certain things come into play? Like carpet, not all carpet's created equal. So, Absolutely. You know, I, I could have a 10 by 10 room. It's 100 square feet. You know, that room, I could put carpet in that room and probably spend $200 on that carpet, or I could spend, you know, $1,000 on that carpet. So if I'm going to depreciate that all at once, is that based upon how much I actually paid for it? Yeah. So if, if you're putting in new carpet and you know the cost, mm -hmm. so you put it in and it's $50 a yard or something, yep. we obviously know that and we go, okay, yeah, that's, that's going to be, that's how much it costs. If you buy the building just hey, I bought the building or the house, and that's when we would come in and say, okay, this carpet looks like it's about this quality. It's going to cost X amount. Okay, so you guys sort of have like a general list of things you pull from that say this is how much carpet of this quality would normally be worth, and then I mean, could the IRS contest that? Is this going to open me up to like an, like an audit by doing this sort yeah, of that, thing? Yeah, that's a great question. And a lot of people are worried, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm taking this huge tax deduction. And is this thing really risky? And the answer is no. They, this cost seg to them is very well known. Um, there's a lot of case law on this. Um, and so in, in our case, we've, you know, we see these things when they do get audited, as long as you've done them correctly... Um, then the IRS goes, yep, you did this correctly. You followed the law, you followed the rules. And so great. So, so you and with carpet too, I mean, the price, you, like you said, $50 a yard. I mean, that's some really nice carpet yeah, exactly. and you're getting a very nice installer putting that in. But, uh, I mean, part of that is material and part of that is labor cost. Yep. Is that a factor or is that, it just that, sort of? That is a factor. Um, so because the labor cost should be taken into account too. Now, even on top of that, inherently, when you buy a building or build a building, there's a building permit. Mm -hmm. There, in some states, there's a sales tax associated with it. Um, there's architect fees, so sure. there's these indirect costs. So, you may actually buy, you know, your carpet may be twenty dollars a yard, but when you add all these other things, hey, maybe it is thirty or thirty-five. You know, even if it's very simple carpet. So that's again something that happens in a study. You can say hey, there should be these other costs, these indirect costs that should be um, appropriately put there. Okay, so included in that would be, and, and it's it's appropriate to be able to add those into the to the deduction, essentially. Yep. And so, so, so you said most of the things are categorized by the number of years you can depreciate it over. A, a, a commercial structure was 39 years. 39. A residential structure... 27, 27 and a half. Yep. <laughs> like, it's so funny they have the half year in there, but... Uh, yeah, it's strange. You know, and so... If I were, if I had a property that I owned for 27 years, and I'm looking to, and I'm looking to continue getting my deduction, let's just say we're doing the standard deduction, the 27 and a half year thing. If I'm looking to, you know, maintain that deduction, obviously, after 27 and a half years, I there's, can't take. There's it. nothing left. So, so you've you've fully depreciated. So at that point, having a cost seg study does you no good because you've owned it for 27 and a half years. So at 27 and a half, I can't even do the cost segregation anymore yep, either. If you've owned it that long. Now, if you've owned it and you die, mm -hmm. then what happens is it goes into your estate and they get a step up in basis to yep. the fair market value, then they can do it. So it resets the clock. It resets basically. the clock. Or I could, at, let's just say at 27 years, I might say, you know what, Steve, I, I got this property over here, you know, and I know you got this property over there and you're at 27 years. You want to buy my property and I'll buy your property <laughs> and we'll just reset the, the uh, depreciation clock. Is that a... That, that does that... That could happen. That could happen. That could and I'm happen. sure you've heard about this happening. We've before. heard all kinds of we've heard all <laughs> kinds of interesting stories. So the same thing goes for a commercial building where I'm saying, Hey, my family or my estate has owned this property for the last thirty eight and a half years. <laughs> Steve, you got that property built for the last thirty eight and some odd years, right? <laughs> yeah, you know? we we occasionally hear some interesting things. It's although it's it's that time of the year right now, you know, we're getting close to the end of the year where people are going, Hey, I 
you know, I need a tax deduction. Maybe I better go buy a building. Um, you know, one thing I didn't haven't mentioned right now is under the new tax law, um, starting with it's um, in 2017. There's a weird date. It's 92717. So if you bought something after that date, if we can get so you do a cost seg, anything that goes in the five, seven, or 15 year category is 100% bonus eligible. Okay. So, so by that you mean. Anything we purchased after September 27th, 2017. Could be 100% bonus eligible. So let me give you an example. All right. So let's say you bought a rental property in January 1st of 2018. Okay. Okay. And you bought it, we'll just say you bought it for 500000 Got it. Just I hope I'm getting easy. a lot of rent on this exactly. property. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's a, big, it's a big rental property. Yeah. Triplex so, or something. So anything that we, out of that 500000 can reclassify into the 5, 7, or 15-year category is 100% bonus eligible, which means you can take all of that in this year. So you, you bought it. We segregate out. Let's say, you know, we did 30%. Mm-hmm. You know, so you've got a $150,000 deduction that you're going to take in that year. Wow. So, again, the numbers right now with the new tax law are humongous. So then what do I do if I, if I continue owning this property next year? So next year you would have, so out of the $500,000, i have now taken one fifty. Mm-hmm. So then I have uh, 350, <laughs> have to think for a second, yeah. 350 left that then gets taken over 27 and a half years. Okay, so you just then go to the standard deduction over the next, yep. well, I guess it would be 26, 26 and a half years. 26 and a half years, yeah. So, so you'd have 26 and a half years left. Well, I bought it in 2018, right? So I guess we're going to... So 25 and a half. So, <laughs> but, here in, but what's great is you take everything you should have taken here in 2019. So in 2018, you were supposed to take 150, mm-hmm. and you probably took... A thousand, right? Because that was what the basis would have yeah. been at twenty-seven and a half years. And so now we're taking a hundred and fifty here in nineteen. So again, with under that new tax law, right now that's why I'm saying, okay, it's the end of the year. Somebody's going, oh, I'm going to have this big tax bill. Hey, I go buy a property, I yeah. do a cost seg, I hundred percent bonus it, and voila. So you know, but it, I guess it could also be of benefit if you're if I was to now, you know, sell that property at the end of the year where I could take the, the big depreci- depreciation. So uh, does that play into my capital gain on, the, on a property? Yeah, so that kind of goes back to what I talked about earlier, where you allocate some of the sales price now to the 5, 7, and 15-year property, and you have actually less recapture uh, than, than you would have in more capital gain. So it, it kind of shifts your money around. Again, more <laughs> yeah. of a complex topic, but, but your answer, the answer is yes, it it's very helpful, but obviously, uh, you know, it could dif- it could differ for a lot of different people, and you should probably talk to your, you know, person, your your tax preparer and your CPA and all that good stuff if you're going to actually do that. Because yeah, absolutely, you know, we don't know what everybody's individual tax uh, situation is. So exactly, you know. and that's what we say too. I, I mean, in our case, we do free analysis. We say, look, let's look at it. Okay. If you did it, this is what's going to happen, and then we also can get the tax preparer involved and go, "Hey, we're going to dump this hundred and fifty thousand deduction. You know, are you good? Do you know how it's going to work? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we see. Okay, <laughs> we're selling the property. Okay, here's what's happening. So, so we kind of put a little. We like to work with every the tax preparer and everybody to make sure everybody's getting their deduction that they think they're getting. Yeah. It just seems funny to me that, you know, the IRS, it, they would allow for... Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com 
Wondersuite. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply you to take this deduction over 27 and a half years and then somebody could buy the property from you that year and then the clock starts over again for them now it's 27 and a half years but it's the same house yep. you know and it's funny that you an individual can't own a property or a business or an entity cannot own a property for more than 27 and a half years and take that deduction but it can just continue to change hands And that on that same structure on that same piece of property you can continue taking that deduction it's just It's just funny to me. Restarts every time. So, is there any reason? Is there any justification? Have you heard any reasoning for where the 27 and a half years came from or the 30? (laughs) Why? (laughs) You know, it's funny. Every time they start talking about some of that stuff, sometimes I hear, oh, we want to make it 50 or we want, you know, it's just, (laughs) it's just however they want your tax deduction to look. That's what they figured. That's kind of. I mean, you kind of say, okay, does it last 27 and a half years or 39? I mean, I think that was the original intent. Mm-hmm. Now, whether that's true or not, you know, who knows? I wonder if it was based upon some, like, averages where, you know, an entity on average owns a rental property for 27 and a half years or some weird... I, 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 I mean, don't know. Who, who knows? Who knows? Congress does all kinds of weird things. <laughs> right. So It's written in one of those 78,000 pages Exactly. Of the that's code. exactly where it's at. <laughs> so... I'm sure you've heard some uh, interesting stories that go along with cost segregation. And I'm sure doing a single family home is probably, you know, fairly simplistic, but I'm sure you've gotten into some complicated stuff. Like what, what are some of the more complicated things you've done this on? Oh, that, that's a good question. So one of my, one of my favorite uh, buildings that we've ever did this on was uh, in Sun Valley, Idaho. Okay. So up, up at Sun Valley, they have uh, a music pavilion. Music pavilion. A okay. music pavilion. So you'll have to get online and Google this thing. It's amazing. The Sun Valley The music Sun pavilion. Valley <laughs> Pavilion, I think, is actually what it's called. It sounds amazing. So I mean, it, it I want to go there now. It is amazing. <laughs> but um, so they have concerts there and things. Um, but they it has a lot of specialty items that we were able to move from building to five. But uh, they their uh, stone actually comes from the same quarry as the Roman Colosseum. Wow. So they they boated it and everything all the way to the middle of nowhere, Idaho, in Sun okay. Valley. And um, Anyway, they why? built it. Okay, but why? <laughs> they, was this like the developer's choice? He just so said, that this is part of the Sun Valley Resort. Okay. So it's, it's their... You know, this place big, is sounding even better now. It's a, a it's a it's a really neat thing. So um, anyway, but it had a lot of unique. It had a canopy, and it had some of these stones actually were off the wall, and they were put it specifically so that they would reverberate sound better. Okay. Um, and so there was all kinds of specialty items that we got to say, hey, that's not a thirty-nine year asset. That's that's a you know, a five or a seven. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, they had done some specialty land work and had some retaining walls and sidewalks and water features and fountains and all the landscaping stuff. Yeah. All that. that, And so, you know, their, their deduction was very, very large, Oh yeah, um, you know, based (laughs) on this thing. So you ask about a unique project and I, you know, again, something really interesting to look up the Sun Valley Pavilion. So, so this was just the pavilion. You said there was just a resort the pavilion that was yeah. kind of surrounds this thing. So. so they have the Sun Valley Lodge and the Sun Valley Ski Resort. And wow. so anyway, there was a lot of other things that that uh, we did for that group as well. But are those um, so are those all owned like by different entities or something or was there? So so that group is owned by Sun Valley Resort. 
you know, they, they own basically the whole city. Okay. <laughs> there. So um, anyway, that just a very unique, unique project that, that we were able to cost seg. Um, that's one of my favorites. I mean, we've done some other weird things. We've done some ski resorts and some marinas and things that are really unique. Yeah, with um, a ski resort, I mean, you would have probably the lodge. You probably, I'm sure you got the the uh, overhead yeah, chair the lifts. lifts and you, yep. know, you got, I, I mean... There's a lot of stuff that's owned. The, the the misters, I don't know. Do they they make their own snow? Yeah. I'm sure, yeah, the right? Snow, the snow <laughs> ma- the snowmakers are actually have a special life. They're seven year assets. So are these actually in the tax code? It, like it specifically says, yeah. snowmaking machine item. You know, line number seventeen. Yep, there's 000. some of there is there's some of these things that are right in the code that they give, and there's asset classes for them. Asset class seventy nine and asset class eighty are recreation, and theme parks have their own classes. Oh, really? So. You know, Disneyland has some good uh, has some good tax treatment for the for how uh, their buildings are treated. But uh, oh, really? Anyway, that's why I say this is when you start looking at this thing. This, there's a lot of big players over the years that have had their hands in these things. Yeah, and, you know, it's um, funny, and, and I've, I've mentioned it on the radio before. I don't know this is probably a couple of years ago when I mentioned it last, but I remember being at Disneyland one day. And I'm over by the submarine ride, and I'm just looking at a fence that they were painting. It said, caution, wet paint. You know, I'm thinking, okay. I'm thinking, and that just kind of popped in my head. Because, you know, to running, running a massive organization like Disneyland, for example, I'm thinking they got this thing on a schedule. Because it didn't need paint. I'm looking oh, at this I'm fence. Sure. It didn't need paint, really. I mean, there was maybe a couple little spots where there were some scratches in it and so forth. But I'm thinking, this thing's just on a schedule. Once a year, I'm sure somebody's job is to come in here. And paint this See, fence. aren't we weird real estate people? You're going in there thinking that, <laughs> yeah. and I'm and I'm looking at that, going, "Ooh, I wonder if that's a five-year tax deduction." Right, exactly. <laughs> that's kind of like, that's kind of where I'm going with this right now because I nerd out on this kind of stuff, you know. And like, I'm just thinking, like, and so I asked a guy. I, I I got in touch with somebody at Disneyland because this is how much of a nerd <laughs> I am. I got in touch with somebody at Disneyland. And their job is to basically change all the light bulbs throughout the entire park. So these things are on a schedule, and he, I, was, I was right in, in, in assuming this, and he told me everything's on a schedule. So whether the bulb is burnt out or not, they take it and replace it, you know, and they have to do it every day of the park. They have a new section of the park they're supposed to do, and it's literally the entire park. Everything, including their warehouses, everything has a light bulb. They know where they all are. They're all accounted for, and yes, they get changed out once a year or whatever their life cycle is. So... You know, I'm thinking, my God, like, that is just insane to think about the number of light bulbs in Disneyland, you know? And, you know, he, he didn't give me the exact number, and I did ask. <laughs> I said, well, how many light bulbs are there at Disneyland? You know, because they have, like, you know, Christmas strands of lights, you know? Oh, yeah. You know, and, like, those, like, strings of lights. I'm like, so how, do you have to replace each one of those lights and that thing, too? And, you know, yes, they do, which is just crazy. I, you know, and they do it mostly at night. You know, like you wouldn't see him doing it during the day, but it's just those little things. I'm but. glad there's somebody nerdy like me asking the same questions, you know, <laughs> but my wife gets tired of me going into restaurants and go, oh, look, that's a five-year asset light. Yeah. You know, we can fully depreciate that thing. <laughs> that's pretty funny. We can fully depreciate that light up there. The, uh, I remember I worked at the Olive Garden and one day, I didn't know they did this, but they had all these, they have all these plants inside the restaurant, all these you know, and they're real plants inside there. And I, you know, never seen these things maintained, but for whatever reason, I was there early one morning and here's these people, they have all the plants off of there. They're sitting on the tables inside the restaurant and somebody's watering them and, and like clipping off all the dead parts of the plants. You know, and I, I'm just thinking like, so somebody's job to like make sure these plants are like living and, you know, like they're supposed to replace them at some point. It was just like that was the first ever like hint I ever had that I might be a nerd, you know. <laughs> you know, like I'm thinking about these plants at the restaurant, and then every day after that, I'd look up and I'd look at them. Like, are there any dead parts of these plants? You know, are somebody, somebody doing their job? Cut it off. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, it was. I don't know. It was pretty funny, but um, yeah. So basically, Disneyland is taking, I'm sure, a deduction on these things. Oh, for sure. So, and, so they actually have. Um, special treatment. Um, this is what I'm interested in, the special treatment. So, I, I want to so get the, special treatment. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, well, again, like I was going back to, we're trying to bring this special treatment to, to everybody. Mm-hmm. And so not just not just the Disneylands are getting this cost segregation thing. We're trying, you know, we're trying to say, hey, the Steve Roof can get this thing on this little house that he owns. Yeah. You know, so, um, you know, the idea is, hey, let's let's break this thing down. But in their case, they even have... What's their buildings, even though they're buildings, they're 
theme park assets. And so they have, they have uh, somebody that got in Congress to say, you, you're saying, hey, why, why is it 27 or, or 39? Mm-hmm. Well, they got somebody in Congress to say, well, theme park buildings are only seven. Oh, so yeah. you could depreciate a multi-million dollar building over yeah. only seven years. So you could just take those huge deductions. Yeah. And again, under the new tax law, do you remember? Yeah. 100% bonus. 100%. So they do this and it's written off completely. So think of Star Wars land or whatever. Yeah. They're basically saying, oh, yeah, we're going to take a billion dollar deduction. <laughs> My God. And they probably are. And they probably are. That's yeah. insane when you think about it like that. But the <laughs> so, well, here's the problem, though, because after seven years, then what do they do? They'll go build something else and make a new deduction. So they just won't take the depreciation anymore on warehouse yeah. B over here. Yeah, well, <laughs> even in year two. So if you think about it, you know, if it costs whatever it costs and they take it all, in their case, it's a seven-year asset. So mm-hmm. if it was $100, all 100 would be, they'd take in the first year and then next year would be zero. Right. So they're just taking it all at once. All and at once, yeah. So they just build something new and they just continue depreciating whatever that is. Yeah. Seven years. That's awesome for them. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, they had a good somebody that uh, put that in the law for them somewhere. Now, how so. do I get special treatment and get considered <laughs> as a theme park? You know, <laughs> can an apartment building be a theme park? Let's see. <laughs> uh, so have you ever done like a Disneyland or anything like that? Not 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 a Disneyland. I would love it. So if anybody from Disneyland can hook us up, I'd love it. But uh we've done some smaller smaller little theme park things, yeah. yeah. So What if they're not? What if they haven't done cost segregation? You'd be surprised. Occasionally we do run into big people that aren't doing that, but I would 100% guarantee they are. But, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but we'll run into people, surprisingly, that haven't heard of this. I mean, even like you were saying, you know, hey, I've been doing real estate for all this time and haven't heard of this. Well, mm-hmm. Why not? You know, my, and, my CPA has not told me about and, it. And it's, and it's not that your CPA is necessarily bad. It's just, again, your CPA has so many things that, that, that they're to do. We like to use the example that, you know, you're... Your CPA is your general practitioner doctor, mm-hmm. and we're your brain surgeon. You okay. Know? So, again, you don't go to your general practitioner to have your, your brain surgery. You, <laughs> and same with your cost seg. You don't go to your CPA, you know, we, which is why, you know, we do that and help out the CPAs, you know, with that. And, and so, again, we're trying to bring this, this special treatment, as, yeah. as we were talking about, to, to everybody that, that owns depreciable property. Yeah, so I mean, it's definitely one of those good deductions that we get as uh, you know, as business owners, as property owners, and things. Uh, so, okay, going back to it a little bit, you know, back to the nitty gritty. I got more questions. Um, the okay, so if, for example, I were to take all the depreciation for the entire, like everything we could possibly think of in this in this rental property, you know, this year, but next year I have some things that I end up doing. I end up doing the roof. So this kind of resets the cycle again for these things, right? Yeah, exactly. So anytime you do improvements, depending on what kind of improvements they are, mm-hmm. fit under one of those those categories. So you do the roof, it's actually a 27 and a half. Okay. And so it would start at 27 and a half again. Okay. Um, or, you know, so d- different things fall again under different categories based on the law. But a roof over 27 and a half years, I mean, that's practically nothing because, you know, what did I just spend on a roof? I think it was about 10,000 something dollars. Yeah. So your deduction, it gets tiny. It's pretty small. Yeah. yeah. Now there's something (laughs) I didn't mention that's, that's called a partial asset disposition. Again, a nice fancy big word. A PAD. Yeah. yeah. For short. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. PAD. So partial (laughs) asset disposition. So let's say, so in a cost seg, what we would do is we would break out the roof. Mm -hmm. And so when you put on this new roof, what happens to that old roof? Oh, we can partial asset disposition. We can dispose of it. And so let's say you've owned the property for three years. Okay. And so you're only, you depreciated, you have 24 years left of depreciation on that roof, mm-hmm. but you put on a new one. So the 24 years that are left, we can take all of that deduction in the current year. Oh, wow. And so we can make a nice little deduction with that, you know, with the new roof. So again, it's a side benefit to a cost seg study, yeah. this partial asset disposition thing. But um, So, okay, like in, in a flip house, let's say I'm buying a house, it's in pretty bad shape, and I was going to do the roof anyway. You know, like, let's just say, because actually this is really happening right now, I'm really <laughs> doing a house that needs a roof. So, <laughs> so perfect example. Perfect we can talk example. about what you actually, how, how you'd actually have to do this. Yeah, so, okay, I'm looking at it like this. You say, 
I can that roof. Okay, this house was built in the '90s, so the roof really isn't that old to begin with. But I just bought it this year, so uh, bought the property. Needs a new roof. The 27 and a half year cycle reset when I purchased it. Right. Yep. So, technically speaking, I'm replacing this roof, but I can depreciate the old roof for the remainder of the 27 and a half years. Yeah. So, I mean, in your case. It, it needs some special things need to happen is so you bought the house. Hopefully there's a renter in it. Mm-hmm. No, no, well, there wasn't. Okay. Well, actually when we purchased it, there was, there was. Okay. So then you're in a good setting. So you purchased the building, there's a renter in it. So you've, you've started your 27 and a half. We break it out. We break out the five, seven, 15 and the roof, mm-hmm. the 27 and a half year roof. And then now you kick the renter out or the renter stays or whatever and you they go got evicted and okay so they got evicted <laughs> and you're going okay well in in between getting my new renter i'm going to put on a roof and so you put on a new roof it costs 10 grand mm-hmm. and we say okay that new roof goes on your depreciation schedule for taxes at 10 grand but the old roof that we'd already cost segged out well what do i do with that well your cpa goes well i dispose of it okay. and so all of a sudden let's say it was worth 5000 you take a $5,000 deduction on your, your current tax return. Very nice. So anyway, that's, so it's, it's kind of, again, the, the cost seg thing has more, more applications than just the, especially for people, you know, replacing things. And these are all things that are fairly recent. That partial asset disposition, you know, was about a 2015 is when that kind of came into tax law, when people started talking about the tangible property regs. And so. Sure. If, especially for something that would be a longer term depreciable asset, like a roof. 27, I didn't know there was 27 and a half years. That's, that, that seems long to me. I know that most it, roofs it, are like built to be 30 year roofs, but still, you know. It's still long. And that's why I say some of these, where the life's come from. <laughs> fits from somewhere somebody did something in congress or there's a court case somewhere and yeah. so sometimes you'll think hey my toilet that should be a five-year asset well it isn't it's a 27 and a half or a 39 wow. so i've pulled some 27 and a half year toilets out of houses <laughs> they don't look too bad in some cases <laughs> they're usually green though oh somebody, yeah so. which are coming back oddly enough but we had a discussion about this last night at the investment club. You know, somebody said, "I've got a, I've got a pile of green toilets sitting around," and somebody was like, "Well, sell them to me. I'll, 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 I'll take them. them. I'll put them in." <laughs> yeah, you know, they're they're going for top dollar now. You know, um, what was I going to say? We were talking about the roof and everything and depreciating the uh, the roof. Um, yeah, I, it, I, it blanked. It went away. Oh well. Ah, we started okay. talking about toilets, and there it goes. <laughs> oh, well, that's what, what it was. I was going to talk about uh, trees. Like, you know, fourteen years on a tree. Like, you know, trees will outlive the house, and probably you. That's it's funny that you could depreciate it over fourteen years. Yeah, yeah. Your trees are fifteen years. Oh, kind of weird. Yeah, fifteen, not Sorry. fourteen. I gotta get get that one more year in there. You gotta get one more year because it's gonna make it fifteen years. That's funny. It is. It's funny where different things, and so again, that's why it, this thing's such a specialty little niche. You got to know kind of all the little rules and where everything happens. And yeah. So you guys aren't you guys aren't the only company, obviously, in the country that does this, but uh, are you the largest? Um, I wish. <laughs> um, no, we, we do we do work all over the country. Um, you know, I I don't think we're the largest. We're definitely not the smallest. Um, yeah. You know, but but what our goal is to do it according to the the law the best right now so i told you the irs has that fun 200 page audit guide that tells what a quality study is and so our our goal is to do a quality study and so that that's that's the what we do for people so when if it does get audited the agents go yep they did it right let's move on to something else so do you need to in every single case do you need to go to the physical property itself and literally go through you know, like, like an appraiser would do, but almost in more detail. Yeah, so we, we actually do. So when, in the audit guide I was telling you about, it says a quality study includes a site visit. So if you have stuff in Hawaii, yeah, sign me up. I, I'm, I'm excited to go <laughs> On the there. beach, you say. So, yes, on the beach. So i got to um, make sure that these bedrooms function as a bedroom. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to stay a couple of days. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So actually, anytime we've ever had a study audited, um, they ask, did you go... Did you go see the 
the property and we say, absolutely. Yeah. We went and saw the property. Here's our 500 pictures of the property. Sure. You want to you see them? It's probably good to have that extra little, you know, piece of evidence just in case you get that audit. Exactly. So, and, and audits again are, are fairly rare on, on these, but, but when you do have them, you want to make sure that you've done this right. Of course. And, yeah. Um, like anything else on your return. Yeah. And so when you actually go and do these site visits, I mean, I mean, there's some pretty good sized properties. I'm thinking this pavilion in particular, you're talking about before, you know, if you're going to this pavilion, I mean, you you have to spend several days doing a site visit or is that usually usually several hours uh, and not necessarily several days. We can, we can get through some of these and, and a rental property, a small house, you know, we can do in 30 minutes to an hour, you know, getting measurements and, you know, we're good at it, but, uh, but you're right. We're looking at, we're counting the bushes, trees and shrubs, and we're figuring out, you know, how much asphalt and how much cabinetry and how many sinks. And, you know, we're looking at all those things. So is there, so, I mean, okay, when you, obviously a landlord wouldn't want to inconvenience their, their tenant too much to do this sort of a thing, you know, and I know that it, it's a real touchy thing when you like, when a landlord has to ask to gain entry to the property to go do certain things. I know when I was selling some of my rental property, just letting the appraiser in was a problem, you know. One guy was growing weed in one of the bedrooms and didn't want me to know about it, you know. But I'm like, well, the appraiser needs to get in and take a picture of each bedroom. So, you know, I was like, I don't care what you got hiding in that room, you know. Just hide it. Put it away somewhere. I, but the appraiser's got to get in and take a picture of it. And so, you know, he was pretty upset that he had to move all of his plants into another area of the home, you know, <laughs> to do it. So, um, yeah, it was... Um, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm sure we, we do a similar thing and we try to, we obviously try to minimize the, the disruption to any tenants or, and, and sometimes in commercial properties, you know, they'll be like, Hey, come after five or right. come on the weekend or, you know, we're this kind of business come when we don't have, and, and that's fine. We, we can do that. But, you know, sometimes when they're, their houses, it's like, sorry, we've got to go in that bedroom and see if there's a ceiling fan and sure. see your closet and see your electrical panel and right you know so so there's and, and so okay like if we're talking like a big commercial property you know let's just talk like a manufacturing plant something like that where you know you come in you install these big overhead cranes and things like that i mean i would kind of think those would be a you know like a, like a cost of doing business sort of item not necessarily part of the real estate you know like like how do you how do you make the differentiation between something like a, a big overhead crane and a manufacturing plant. Yeah. Even though it's it's basically going to be permanent there. Like you're not taking that thing out most likely. Which you know? typically, so if, if the building comes with it, mm-hmm. obviously then it's part of the building. So you're thinking of a manufacturing setting. And, and so here I, I can give you an example. So let's say I have this manufacturing setting, but in there I have a piece of equipment. Mm-hmm. Well, typically that equipment is is not part of the building. And That's if just I, a- Business if, asset. Yeah, basically. if I move, it's a business asset, and it has a specific life depending on what kind of asset it is. And that, okay, so now that you just said that, now you made me think. <clears throat> okay, for something like let's just say a CNC cutting machine, you know, mm-hmm. very common thing you'd find in a manufacturing plant, but it's obviously not part of the real estate. Yeah. So, and that's probably its own seven-year asset. So there's there's also depreciation uh, on those types of things exactly. as well, but that's not real estate specific. No. That would be. Well, I guess not personal it would be property. A, it but. would be personal property, yes, and it would be. But think about this. So let's say you do have that CNC cutting machine mm-hmm. and you had to run electric to it. You had to have plumbing underneath it. You had to have uh, HVAC to keep it cool. So things that were part of the building, mm-hmm. but the only reason they're there is for that piece of equipment, then they would have that have the same life as that piece of equipment. Interesting. So, you know, even in even in a like a residential rental, you have a dishwasher. Right. And so all the electric and all the plumbing that runs to that dishwasher has the same life as that dishwasher, which would be five years. Yeah. So you can depreciate not only the dishwasher in a cost segregation study, but also... The electric to it, the plumbing to it. All those little things you got to do to basically get it in place, you know? Huh. Interesting. So yeah, the only reason I'm thinking this is because, you know, there's, there's... business assets there's things you buy you know there's like the equipment and machinery things like that you might purchase like a you know a printer for example you know like a typical office would have a printer and some computers and things like that um those aren't real estate so you can't depreciate them on a cost segregation study 
you could if we if you wanted us onto it, but you'd already usually your CPA that's the things that they do pick up already. They're like, hey, did you buy a car? Or did you buy some equipment? Or did right. you buy? And those are the things that they pick up because they're not part of the building. And those just go on like a Schedule C, basically yep. on your on your business's tax return. Yep. So they'd be on that, or they'd be on a, a just a business depreciation schedule. And so a lot of times, you know, when we're doing this, sometimes we'll see on a depreciation schedule, we'll see XYZ piece of equipment, we'll see, and then we'll see building or leasehold improvements <laughs> okay. or something. And it's usually the biggest number, right? you know, and we're like, uh, we need to do something about that. Yeah. You know, we see you've got your printer here at a hundred dollars that you're depreciating, or we see your iPad, right? you know, but <laughs> what about this building? That's a million dollars, right? Yeah. Know, shouldn't we do something with that? So people will try to write off a million dollar building on their schedule C. Well, we've we've seen all kinds of interesting things, and again, tax preparers have a million laws that they're trying, and so sometimes we see things that are like, yeah, that's not that you're not treating that right. We we probably should fix that. So is that something that's part of like the service? You guys might pull up like the last few years of tax returns and see what people have claimed on their Schedule C. Or well, then- we we typically ask for the current depreciation schedule. Okay. So just. Because that, from that, it, we can see what's what's happened usually. So we'd say, hey, you know, if it's a new building, we'd say, hey, can we see your settlement statement? And then we can run a projection. Or if it's a building you've owned for a couple years or 20 years, we'd say, hey, let us see your depreciation schedule. So we don't need the whole tax return. We just need the depreciation schedule. We could go, okay, based on that, here's what we think your benefit of doing a cost seg would be. Yeah. And then, then you go through and do the uh, the whole study you gotta go do the site visit and do all that stuff and of course i'm sure cost varies depending on travel and travel and size and you know a hundred thousand dollar residential rental is a lot different than a pavilion in sun valley right right and so they they take different amounts of work and so but in our case we we do a free analysis up front to make sure hey this is this is what we anticipate happening, you know, before we've paid anything. And right. occasionally there's people that we say, yeah, you don't want to do this right now or you want to hold off, you know, until next year, you know, to do that. And so we, we try to give advice before we're paid to go, yeah, of course. This, this is going to, you're actually going to save 10 grand or five grand or a hundred grand or a million or whatever that right. tax savings is. And of course, if you're going to do the Sun Valley Resort, you're going to need to get some skis. You're going to need to get the chair to take you to the top of the mountain. You know, I mean, there's it's for the business. You're, yeah, you know, absolutely, absolutely. You know, do you give any kind of uh, any kind of incentives to those owners to you know, like I had to stay a night in the in the, in the lodge. I had to. You know. Come on, we ask for the presidential suite. Right. Well, you know, we well, have to look at that one, right? That's where the most depreciable assets are. So <laughs> it makes sense you'd spend an evening in there, right? Yeah. No, I get it. <laughs> All right, so we don't have a whole lot of time left. Um, I guess people might want to get in touch with you guys. That would probably make sense, right? Absolutely. So for people out there that are trying to get a cost segregation study or didn't know anything about this and you finally learned something cool today, um, yeah, you know what? Why don't you do it? Why don't you tell people okay, how to Okay, yeah, I'd love to. So our website is costsegauthority.com. So that's C-O-S-T-S-E-G-A-U-T-H-O-R-I-T-Y.com. Uh, you can see see us there. And then um, our phone number, we have phone numbers on the website, but uh, I'll give one here, 801-472-0270. So 801-472-0270. And email, if you want to email any questions or anything, it's Steve, S-T-E-V-E-M, as in Mary, at costsegauthority.com. So, um like I say, we'd love to talk to anybody that uh, even thinks this may be, may be interesting for them, and would love to. Have, we just love helping people out. We love to bring this to. We love to make those people. We love doing the big buildings. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> you know, because we love the Sun Valleys. But you know, we also like helping the person that has the the small little residential rentals as well. Yeah, so. and there's plenty of them out there. I know there's. You know, you meet these people, and they've. You know, they've said they've slowly amassed property over the years you know i met a guy who his rule was buy one property a year you know and that's it he would just for the and for the last 40 years he's bought one property a year yeah and he so that'd be a perfect candidate for this absolute <laughs> well he's Absolutely. he's one of the people that, that told me about cost segregation so because <laughs> he learned about it at you know the right time in his life where he's like 
He's like, hey, did you hear about this thing, cost segregation? So he did all that and got all those huge deductions all at once, basically, for all the years he wasn't doing it. So, you know, that's, for him, it was a very good thing to do. Yeah. But so um, This is one of those exciting things that very few people know about, but is very, very powerful. Yeah, and we you know, we called it the sexiest uh, subject in real estate <laughs> at the beginning of the show, and uh, you know hopefully people out there see it as that now. I mean that was the goal, right? <laughs> yeah, that, we, we hope. I hope I didn't get too technical, but it, it is definitely a sexy thing for uh, for your tax return. And I'm sure we could we could have gotten a lot more technical. You know, I'm glad we didn't break out the seventy eight thousand page uh, tax code to go through <laughs> it all specifically and call out individual sections, but. Um, we, uh, so I only got a minute left, so I guess for all those of you out there that are interested in becoming a real estate investor, or if you are a real estate investor, or anybody that works in the real estate industry, come on out to the Illinois Empire Real Estate Investment Club. We'd love to have you come out there and meet all the good folks that are a part of the club, and also uh, you know make your business a better thing and everything, and learn about cool stuff like cost segregation. So for more information, go to uh, meetup.com and look up the Illinois Empire Real Estate Investment Club or go to ieric.org to find out more. Uh, I want to thank Stephen Roof for coming on the uh, show today and I want to thank Cost Segregation Authority for coming on down and uh, I want to thank you all for tuning in. So we'll see you all again next week, Thursday, 4 p.m. on the Flip Flop Investor Show. Have a good week, everyone. Take care. KCAA. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.